Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley and Matt Riley Fly Fishing. How's it going, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? Uh, just trying to stay out of trouble. You've been getting a lot of rain in your neck of the woods? We have, yeah. When we were uh, when we were at the Fly Fishing Festival in Doswell this weekend, um, upper, you know, the upper new in North Carolina got... Um, about an inch of rain and so we've been watching that sort of course through the system and it's on the it's on the drop now um and the trout streams here locally got hit pretty good but you know nothing it can't recover from in a couple of days so um you know we're sitting on the sidelines right now but we'll be fishing by the weekend for sure yeah, that's great. And so, folks, we're recording this on January 14th, so just in time for the weekend, time to get out. And it's probably still going to be unseasonably warm. Um, so I imagine uh, kind of what we've been saying in the last few reports is going to kind of hold that the fish are going to be a lot more active than they normally would this time of year. Yeah, that's that's what it's looking like. Um, and, yeah, I mean, water – I mean, in fact, we're going to be out trout fishing tomorrow, and things should be uh, – pretty good you know so stay tuned for some good pictures because you know we've got this higher water you know pumping through the system and and uh warmer temps you know things should be pretty active so i'm excited about that um and then the lower new you know it it uh it, it takes a lot for it to get you know real dirty um and when it does you know it recovers pretty quickly um it'll be fishable in the next you know, couple of days. I mean, it's fishable now, but it's you know still a little high. The upper new is is again, it's a little high, but it'll be it'll be pretty dingy. You know, for several days, um, barring any more rain that we get. Yeah, and I'd imagine that stain actually helps a little bit on the musky fishing because I know it's been low and clear recently. It can, yeah. I mean, uh, low lower than last year has been the the story. Um, you know, all season so far. So, you know, fish, depending on flow and ambient light and water temp and everything, fish move around in their, in their winter pools. So, you know, we've been finding them in slightly different places than we were more consistently last year. Um, but definitely a little bit of stain, um, I think just gives them a little more confidence in eating because when it's real, real clear, um, it's kind it can be fairly tough to get them to eat by the boat. So you're, you're kind of trying to feed them a little further from the boat where they're not, um, you know, looking at everything that's going on. No, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. And we've got a question, uh, this report from Eric and Eric, by the way, it was nice to meet you in Doswell, the fly fishing festival this past weekend. It's always nice to, uh, to meet one of our hardcore fans. And he has a question about, uh, line selection for six weight rod for smallmouth and, what kind of lines you like and why you like them or don't like them? Yeah. So I use a couple different lines, um, you know, for different applications, just because I, you know, I get a range of, of different skill levels um, when it comes to casting and in, in the boat in the summertime. And so I always try to maximize, you know, the efficiency of all the tools that, that we're using. So, um, First, you know, the majority of my summertime fishing is topwater fishing, um, and I, I prefer sort of a, uh, a more gradual um, taper in a fly line versus a real heavy, like you, you, uh, you, you see these like bass lines that have real aggressive heads on them for throwing bigger flies, and, 
And I kind of stay away from those with the uh, top water lines because generally we're making longer casts, you know, as long as you can go. Um, but generally, you know, 30 to 60 feet or so, especially when it gets really low and clear. Um, and just splatting bugs, you know, near cover and in shade and that kind of thing. And we're not retrieving them back to the boat. So when you pick the bug up to make another cast, um, you're picking most of that lineup. You're going to do a couple of strips to come tight to the bug and then pick it up and, and stick it in a new location. So having a more gradual taper, um, instead of having all of your head um, way up close to the tip of the fly line, allows you to cast a longer line um, a lot easier because you've got taper down there closer to the rod tip. Um, and it also, you know, without all that mass on the water by the head, you know, if you're casting across multiple current speeds and that kind of thing, you do get a little less drag. Um, and sometimes, you know, really dead drifting a bug can, can be the difference between hooking a big fish and, and having them come up and, and not eat it. And then, um, on the streamer front, you know, so, um, I, I fish floating lines the majority of the time. And, uh, so even when we're fishing streamers in the spring and throughout the summer and fall, um, it's mostly floating lines. And I do go to a little more aggressive uh, head on those just because um, it's a lot easier to, you know, pick up five or 10 feet of fly line um, after you've retrieved your fly back to the boat and do, you know, one or maybe two false casts and put it back, um, you know, 40, 50 feet out there where you want it to be. Um, and that's just, you know, an efficiency thing because you don't have to make as many false casts because that heavy head um, or that bulky head, I guess I should say, casts shoots better. Um, and it helps to turn over some fairly wind-resistant bigger bugs. And specifically, the ones I, I tend to use um, for topwater stuff um, would be the Scientific Angler's MPX line. And then for uh, streamer stuff, it's usually the Scientific Angler's um, tight and long taper. And uh, the other thing I, I will mention, you know, not to get too techy, but um, so, you know, my family owns Riley Rod Crafters and a lot of the rods that we use day-to-day um, -day fishing are those rods. Um, and our rods are very, you know, you need a line that is uh, a true six-weight line to fit on a six-weight Riley Rod Crafters rod. Um, these days, you know, the trend in the rod industry is to make rods that are lighter and faster. And uh, generally, um, that means there's less flex in the tip. So line companies had to compensate by building lines that are heavier than they should be, uh, so to say. So a six-weight line is really a seven-and-a-half or eight-weight line a lot of times. So... Um, Definitely, you know, it helps to be able to cast a couple different lines on a rod to see which one casts the best for you um, and, and for that specific rod. But uh, it, it, it's, it's helpful, um, or it's something that I have to do because of the rods that I fish is pay attention to that grain weight um, to see what, uh, you know, what you're actually getting because a lot of those scientific angler lines are overweighted a few weights. And so I end up putting like a, if I were to put a line on my six weight, it would end up being a five weight, probably seven weight. It would probably end up being a five or a six weight. So um, that's something to pay attention to, too. 
Yeah, that's really helpful. Do you fish any kind of like uh, intermediate sinking line sometime or sink tips? I do. Yeah. Um, for, I, I try to stay away from sink tips though. Uh, you know, sometimes under heavier flows in the springtime, uh, it can be, it, it can be helpful, but primarily I'm fishing floating lines and then intermediate lines. And, and the intermediate line that I like is that, uh, SA clear tip intermediate. Um, it's got sort of like a clear head and then a opaque blue running line. that's just a lot easier to handle and, uh, and see. Got it. Well, folks, keep the questions coming. Remember, send them to us on the Articulate Fly Facebook page. And if we read your question on the air, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag. And you're going to get entered into a drawing, which is going to happen happen very soon um, On uh, for, I guess, some Matt Riley flies, as well as uh, some coupons for some Riley rods. Um, what's, uh, what's on the typewriter these days, Matt? Yeah. So uh, this week, uh, the Royal Virginia article should come out uh, today or tomorrow. Sometimes they jump the gun and kick it out on Tuesday. But um, this week, it's a story about um, I got to take my girlfriend Allie's little brother on his first actual gun-toting hunt over the New Year's holiday. So we went squirrel hunting up towards uh, towards where he lives in northern Virginia. And, you know, it's always – I mean, I'm a guide by – trade and, and profession. So I love introducing people to the outdoors, but, um, you know, taking somebody hunting for the first time is, is something that I don't get to do all that often. And, and it's, it's, it's something that kind of, you know, makes you appreciate where you're at and, and, uh, take a different perspective. So. Awesome. Well, I'll drop a link to that article in the show notes. And before I let you uh, hot poncho, let folks know, um, where they can find you and book you and fish with you. Yeah, the website is mattreillyflyfishing.com, and you can find my email and phone number and social media links and all that on there. So however is uh, most conducive for you to reach out, I look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's great. Well, listen, tight lines, Matt. Tight lines, Mark.